conference. So we're going to talk about um, kind of why it feels tough right now. Because uh, I think in lots of ways, and lots of different ways, for lots of different people, it feels tough right now. And I think there's two key reasons for that that I want to share with you. Uh, but before we do that, I just want to remind you of some of the things I've been saying, because I think it all kind of builds up to it. So we've been talking about rest. Uh, uh, Paul said at the beginning of the year, I believe each one of us will have to enter rest in a whole new dimension. Learn to rest in him, be in him, and live in and out of him. Find, excuse me, our source in him. We have to find the rest of faith and lean our head on the pillow in the midst of the windstorm. So, look, I'm, I've gone old school. I've even got post-it notes in my Bible, so I find verses. Which tells you everything you know it know about how well I know my way around my Bible. But anyways. So, oh, I've not got enough room now. Um... So this scripture, Jeremiah 6.16, I, I think this is really key and we've got to keep thinking about it. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. So we've talked about this before, this idea of I believe we're at a crossroads and I believe at a crossroads you have to look to see where you're going. You have to make a choice and decision which road you are going to go down. And it says, look, ask for the ancient paths. So there's this sense of looking, this sense of asking. And these are ancient paths. They are things that have stood the test of time through the millennia that have enabled the saints to enter rest and a deeper union and communion with Jesus. So these are some of the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is. So there's more, there's asking. And then there's this idea that you have to walk in it. So first of all, you've got to look and then you've got to ask and then you've got to walk in it. And there's a looking in the sense of, okay, I'm surveying what I'm doing. I'm surveying how I'm spending my time. And then I'm asking, okay, is this, is this the best way that I'm doing it? Is this the best way I use it? And then we have to make some decisions and then, and then walk in it. And I've talked as well about leaving the crowd behind. This idea of Jesus getting in the boat, Mark, uh, it might be far off, 14, I can't remember. But he leaves the crowd behind. And this idea that in order to enter rest, there will be a sense of living differently. And I don't just mean from the world, I mean living differently from most other people, uh, if you really want to enter it. And I guess I've had this phrase, you know, with, that tinkering around the edges won't do it, uh, that actually there is a sense of that, well, it will do it, but it won't bring you the fullness of it. That, that perhaps there are some specific shifts that need to take place in order to get us in a way. Um, and you might recall that last year I was, uh, just put that there. Uh, Isaiah 43 and verse 18 and 19, see I'm doing a new thing, now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And I'm just going to remind you of that for now, because so, some, some of the reason it's tough is because the season we're in. Um, but it's because there's a trickle of a stream in the wilderness. There's a starting of new streams in places that have felt empty. Um, and in terms of the tinkering around the edges, I just wanted to say this. I am not suggesting that you give up everything you enjoy for things you don't enjoy. Okay? So, so I'm not suggesting you give up, you know, all sport or all Netflix. I'm not suggesting that I... 
I, you know, the cricket was on the other day. I know for most of you, a five-day game that ends in a draw or can end in a draw is completely boring. But I like people throwing, watching a red ball at somebody with a stick. All right? I enjoy it. And so I watched the test highlights. So I had 45, 50 minutes watching it because I enjoyed it. But what I didn't do then was spend another three hours just flicking through, finding something to watch. And that's what I mean. It's about being intentional about these things. It's not about just ditching it all and going, I've got to spend four hours a day in my Bible. No, it's just about being intentional and putting limits on things so you don't end up drifting. That's what we do. It's the drift that's the challenge. It's that I'm going to watch this program, and then an hour later I'm watching something that I didn't really want to watch. I just ended up watching it because I couldn't be bothered moving. Or I'm going to watch one episode, and it's one in the morning, and I've watched five. It's that drift that I think is the challenge for us. So it's intentional and focused what we're doing. But I'm aware that for many people it feels tough right now. Anybody feel like it's tough right now? In, in one way, shape or form, anybody feel it's tough? Okay, there we go. So that's pretty much all of us. And I think there's two reasons for that. One, of course, is lockdown. So psychologically, it's very tough. Um, in particular, the concept of a lockdown without end is very tough psychologically. So in about 2005, the government brought in what they called indeterminate sentences, which meant that there was no end date on a prisoner's sentence. And they didn't know how long they were going to be in for, and a parole board could extend it at any point. That got outlawed partly because of the psychological torture it caused. So what got outlawed for criminals, you were now experiencing. That's the reality. Because you are locked down under a sentence, and you don't have an end date. Now, that's not a comment on whether lockdowns are good or bad. It's just a fact about the situation we find ourselves in. So, and the reason I tell you it is because it shouldn't, you know, no psychiatrist is going to go, ooh, ooh, this is causing people to struggle, as though it's a surprise. All right? No, no psychiatrist or psychologist is going to be surprised that people are struggling. Even kind of uh, mentally healthy and strong people are struggling. I mean, I think, you know, Faye and I this week has been a, a tough week for us. And we are pretty strong, individually and together, but it's, it's been hard this week for all sorts of reasons. And we've got through it, and God spoke, and we've, we've learned to come before him and ask him, and he spoke into it and told us some things and rebuked us about some things, and it's, it's all good. But I share it just because the fact of it is hard right now. And, and you've got to go easy on yourself. It's okay. It's okay. If you're finding it tough, it's okay. Don't beat yourself up because you're finding it tough. It is a unique, unusual psychologically challenging situation that we find ourselves in. Having said that, though, do not isolate yourself further. That's the challenge. There was a, there was a study done, I think, in the first lockdown that 30% of people who would normally be in a church were not engaging at all in anything online. Those same 30% of people were more anxious, more depressed, and more fearful than those who were engaging. So I recognize, of course, you get to be here, and of course, you get to watch at home, and thank you for engaging with us in this way. And I recognize, no, no, nobody wants another Zoom meeting in their life. I recognize, I don't want to see that flipping screen again. I don't. I, I, don't, I don't want to. I want to see you. I want to hug you. I want to throw my arms around you. I want to, of course, I want that. But let's not throw out and go, well, I'm just ditching it all, because it's at least better than being isolated on your own. And I realize it's hard. I realize it's tough. I realize it's not fun. But, but please don't isolate yourself further. You know, when somebody rings you, pick up the phone. When somebody texts you, reply. 
It's important. People are reaching out to you, hopefully. And we're going to talk about that in a minute as well. One more thing to think about, and it's to do with the news, which we've talked about before. But again, from a psychological point of view, you were not designed for a 24-7 news cycle of doom. You were just not created for it. You know, when the towers fell on 9-11, people got traumatized again and again and again and again and again because they saw the same thing happening again and again and again and again. Because every few minutes, you saw a picture of a plane flying into a building and all sorts going on. So you were not designed to, for millennia, we've never had access to such incredible horror and sorrow. And the availability of non-stop sorrow, terror and grief in full HD by a media vying for your attention is never going to lead to health, faith and love. It just is not. It will lead to compassion fatigue, fear and possibly even depression. And we have to understand this. The news is a commodity. It is not the truth that is a commodity. It's a version of the truth, and it is a commodity that is being traded. The commodity is your attention and your focus, and your attention is what is being traded. So the news is shown in such a way to grasp your attention so that the news organizations, none of whom are charities, so they're all businesses, so they're all out to make money, sell your attention to the advertisers for millions. So is it no surprise the news then is 90% bad because that's what grabs your attention? Because they want your attention. This goes for social media companies as well. They want your attention. And then they sell that attention so somebody can sell you something else to further infiltrate the consumer society we live in to tell you that you need some more stuff to make life better. And so we've got to be really aware. It peaks your fight or flight response and hooks in your attention. So the news, therefore, is not the whole truth, but often that which sells, fascinates, and triggers a human response to suffering, injustice, or gossip. That's the reality. Please don't be so naive as to think you've watched one news story and you know the truth. Because I can read The Guardian and The, and the Telegraph and tell you a completely different story. I, I, you know, I can read The Daily Mail and I can read The Independent and I can tell you a completely different story. And I don't think we are, but I just felt like psychologically, you know, I have got rid of all news off my phone now. I, used to, I, I enjoyed reading the news, but I've got rid of it all off my phone, drive it on, and I just have uh, one app on my iPad that I limit myself to reading a couple of headlines, and that's it. Because I've realized it's just not good for me. It's just not good for me. And you realize what happens as well is, so even the, even the government, they know how to get a message out. So they set up these PR conferences, but don't tell you what it's going to be about. So then hope arises, and then you realize, oh, it's not what I thought. And then you get depressed again. And then you rise and get depressed again. So listen, the way forward. Let me read some scriptures to you. I think at this time we've got to live one day at a time. Just one day at a time. Maybe a week. I'm not planning much beyond a week right now. Because I can't cope with the disappointment and the frustration of it being all torn up by somebody else. So I'm just going, okay, let me just read you some scriptures that I think are key for just surviving at this time. And then we're going to get on to another reason why we're experiencing what we're experiencing. Psalm 68 and verse 19. Praise be the Lord to God our Savior who daily bears our burdens. Daily bears our burdens. Let's get good at sharing our burdens daily. Let's get good at telling him 
daily. Even if it's just as you go to bed, just go, Lord, oh, I'm tired, I'm frustrated. I just want to share my burden with you. Let's get good at sharing it with him daily. Proverbs 8.34, blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway, listening, watching, waiting daily. Doing it daily, being in that place daily. Matthew 6.11, give us today our daily bread. There's a real sense, I think, right now, we've just got to live just one day at a time. And just remember his mercies are new every morning. So whatever happened yesterday, the sun's arisen again. And not just the sun, S-U-N, but the sun, S-O-N, has risen again. The sun's available again. The sun's risen again. His mercies are new every morning. Okay, that was yesterday. This is today. And he's got new, there's new mercy for today. And then finally, this I think is really important. Hebrews 3 and verse 13. But encourage one another daily. As long as it is called a day. I, I, I want to encourage you to each day just do something super practical. Maybe you could think, who are the three people I can encourage today? What three people can I encourage one way or another? And by encourage, I just mean, hey, I'm thinking about you. Love you. All right? It's not difficult to encourage somebody to let them know you're thinking about them. Ring them up, FaceTime them, text them. Let, let, let's start. That's my challenge to you for this week. What three people each day can you encourage? It might be three people different every day. It might be, who knows, but just, okay. Because one of the things about keeping you in a good place is getting you outside of yourself and serving somebody else and thinking about somebody else. And you reaching out to somebody else is key in raising your spirit up and it does your mental health tons of good. So let's think about, all right, who are the three people? Okay, the second reason why it's tough right now is because we are in an embryonic season as a church family. Interestingly, since the start of January, every prayer meeting, I've had this deep sense of praying about embryonic things. I think I shared it two or three weeks ago here. But I feel like, of course, there's, there's a few embryos going around. There's, there's a couple in the room, uh, which is wonderful. And we know, you know, our best, like a, just a few weeks away from giving birth to twin girls. Uh, and who knows, there may be others, but... Um, so that's beautiful and that's part of it. But I actually felt this, that, and I felt it for a little while, uh, that they were just a sign of another phenomenon. But there was much spiritual embryos being formed right now. Relationships, businesses, jobs, connections, ministries, flows of finance, opportunities, openings. These are all in the womb of God and some of them are just starting to show. So I didn't know anything about this money for the the holiday hunger stuff but we were praying about it since the beginning of January about new embryonic things that were just going to come forth and then suddenly it comes forth but I think there's lots of other things as well going on that we're not quite sure about and that are exciting and new and we've got to rest in them a little bit got to rest in it a little bit not get too because what you don't want to do is bring forth something early that's not good it's got to be allowed to develop to full term so it comes out healthy and that's a prayer for all those natural babies that they develop healthy and strong and natural and they come to full term. But it's also a thing about what God's doing in the spirit. I think there is lots going on. Lots of it's in an unseen realm right now. And you realize that a woman is pregnant before she knows she's pregnant. 
Because, I mean, I was, just if you look at my search history, it's all right, I was researching pregnancy last night, but I'm not thinking about it, just... I was on a, what happens in a first trimester site, I'm like, face these, my search history, she's going to be like, what, I know? <laughs> Anyways, we'd, we'd, I believe we're done on that front, as far as I know. Um, I'll never say never until the Lord speaks to me, but although that would be interesting. Isaiah 43. But, but so Isaiah 43 says, do you not see? Do you not perceive? Okay, so some of it's starting to show. It's like there are a couple of things that are like, I don't know, maybe you get to three months, four months, you just start to, physically, if you're pregnant, you just start to show a little bit. It becomes a little bit more obvious. But then there's some things, so like, you probably can't tell by looking at Claire that she's pregnant, but she is. There's an embryo being birthed on the inside of her. There's new life flowing that's been protected. And of course, what's happening is um, that that new life is sucking all the life out of Claire because it's taking all the life for itself. So Claire probably has days where she feels a bit rough. She probably feels nauseous. She's probably got all sorts going on. She's probably, there's new smells going on. There's cravings going on. I mean, I remember when Angela was pregnant with, I think it was Joshua, she loved Calippos. But it was December. So I used to have to go in the middle of winter to the service station and stock up on ice lollies with some strange looks from the man behind the thing. It's like, it's like three degrees. I know, I know, she's pregnant. Ah. But like strange things go on, don't they, when you're pregnant? And although one of the lines on this pregnancy website, what is this word? You may not look pregnant, but you are feeling it. And I think as a family, we are pregnant with all sorts of things in the spirit. And some of where we're at is because we're feeling it. Because this is a family and we're in. And so some of the things God's doing in individuals as a family, we are feeling the weight of it. We're feeling the life of it sucking out of us. So one of the reasons it feels tough is because you are feeling the effects of a pregnant thing coming forth in the spirit. And you are feeling it. So that's the other reason why I believe. And as a family, of course, it's important that we pray protection over all that's in the womb of God. We've been doing that every prayer meeting. We've been praying protection over all that's in the womb of God and the heart of God. Because there is a fight for these spiritual embryos. I mean, there's a fight for a physical embryo. There's a fight for life. And um, <clears throat> I know that when automatically, for a lot of mothers, they protect it. So, so I know, and I sure Claire don't mind, but she loves being with us. But these last few weeks, she's not been with us because she's like, but I want to protect this embryo. I want to keep it safe. I don't want to come in contact with something that might. And, and this maternal instinct kicks in from nowhere. And you find some mums, sometimes they're taking this, they're eating these things. They're suddenly all alcohol just goes out the window, like instantly. Why? Because they have this maternal instinct to protect this fetus. Well, I, I feel we need to develop a maternal instinct together as a family to protect, cover, and care for all that God is doing at this time. But I am really excited about all that's going on. I believe there's much been birthed, and it might, you might not be seeing it, but as a family we're seeing it. And I loved how excited you all got about that news, because we should be excited about that for every bit of news in every individual place. When somebody goes, God's birthing this, I want that response. That's what a family does, isn't it? Yeah. I talked to Sharon the other day, she can't wait to be a granny. <laughs> She's very excited. And I'm sure Michelle and I and I too, and Alan and all the rest, and... You know, when you become a grandparent, the kids go out the window, don't they? There's hardly any pictures of me in my mum and dad's house. It's just all my kids. It's like I don't exist anymore. 
It's like, what happened to me? Oh, you're not important now. We've got grandkids. I'm like, well, I, I kind of provided them. Yeah, that'll matter. Get out of here. Like, well, that's true. Yeah, that's maybe where I went wrong. Yeah, I didn't hold them, so I didn't get in picture. No, but you understand me. There's an excitement. When things are birthed, and it's desired and wanted, and it's sought after, and it, when that happens... There's a great excitement. Well, we're seeking after it, aren't we? We want the things of God. We want him to birth whatever he wants to birth. So we're allowed to get excited about it. But listen, these things that have been birthed are being battled and fought over because they will advance the kingdom in great ways in individual lives and in our corporate life. So there's a fight. So guess what? There's kickback. There's diversion. There's distraction. Some, some, somewhere this, this, you know... And the, all through COVID, we've not really had many people who have been seriously ill in our family. Suddenly, there's a number who are really seriously ill. Well, well, that's strange, isn't it? Suddenly, all through COVID, our finances as a church are like, like the best they've been for ages. And then suddenly, December, it takes dive. January, it looks really tough. Why is that kickback, diversion, distraction? That's what it's all about. Finance, illness, challenge. Suddenly, there's this because it's a fire that's going on. And a curse in the fight. And a curse right now because it's a fight. And you're feeling fed up and down, locked down. It's hard. Psychologically, it's difficult. It's really difficult sometimes to raise yourself up to fight. But I want you to remember there's a reason to fight. You are fighting for spiritual embryos of new life in the kingdom of God. That's what's worth getting up for. And if you were a mum or a dad, you know that no matter what, you would get up in the night for your little one. No matter what you feel like, no, and, and, and even if afterwards you come out like going, ah, you still get out of bed the next time. Because there's something in you. There's something in you that does it. And I pray that something in you gets birthed for these spiritual embryos that have been born, for our family that gets you up in the night because you care about this thing. I care about it passionately. I care about seeing everything that God's got being released on the face of the earth. And I believe we're going to see it. We are, we, things are just starting to show now. Just starting to show. And I'm going, oh, that's exciting, Lord. We said it. It's a new era. It's a new time. There's new exciting things happening. And I believe it with all my heart. But listen, so listen. In amongst the difficulty and the challenge, let's do some practical things about our psychological place. Let's remember it. Let's encourage one another daily. Let's bring our burdens to him daily. Let's listen daily. Let's take one day at a time. Let's invite him in all the things we've been talking about. But at the same time, remember, there is a birthing of embryonic kingdom life going on, which is really exciting. But we have to fight for it. We have to protect it. We have to cover it and look after it. And of course, the, his light's still shining. He's still pointing things out. Listen, if you are feeling right now that you feel like flipping heck, it feels really hard. It feels like I'm, I'm still feeling this insecurity, this difficulty, this challenge. It's okay. It's okay. You're going to get there. You're going to get through. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. We're going to get there together as a family going forward in what God's doing. Amen? Okay, I'm glad half of you agree. It'd be good if more of you did. Wonderful. Okay. Oh, I enjoyed that. And I, I pray that some of the excitement that's in my spirit and, and that Anne picks up on, it's your spirit as well. This, this is a tough time, but I tell you what, it's exciting. Yeah, 
It's a hard time. It feels like you're trekking, trekking through mud to have no end day inside you. To be told the kids might go back on the 8th of March, but we're not sure yet. All that uncertainty. But listen, listen, it's exciting. The kingdom is pregnant with possibility. Honestly, it's pregnant with possibility, opportunity, and things that are going to make a massive difference. And it's very exciting as a, as a family, for individuals, in all sorts of ways. So I wanted to just encourage you this morning um, and share my excitement and my heart with you. Because I think that's where we're at.